Welcome to the Global Careers Podcast, sponsored by GW Cyber, the source for inspiring stories from seasoned professionals who have embraced a global role and reaped the benefits. We offer practical advice and insider tips across a broad swath of industries and fields around the world. You know, whether or not you've considered moving abroad or taking on an international role, globalization will impact your career. So join us for a lively discussion as we explore what an international career really means. My name is Stacey nevadomsky Burdan, and I'll be your host. In season four, we travel around the world exploring what it's like working abroad in some of the hottest industries and best countries for advancing your career. Come with us as we journey through rich and diverse cultures and deepen our understanding of the expat experience. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Michelle Paolo, Global Sourcing Manager for AB InBev, a global beer company that prides itself on having a 600-year heritage of brewing with current operations in more than 50 countries and global brands such as Corona, Budweiser, Stella Artois, Bex, Lefe, and hundreds more. Although based in Zurich, Switzerland, Michelle leads projects around the world in Africa, Europe, and the U.S. across categories and commodities. Welcome, Michelle. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me, Stacey. It's great to be here. Yeah. So let's dive in. One of the objectives of this podcast is to provide a sense of the careers that are out there. Tell us what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I have a, a really interesting and fun job, Stacey. So I sit in our global procurement office, and I'm essentially part of an internal team of consultants that rotates around different projects. Um, and our goal is to leverage our relationships and bring sustainable growth. So if you've been fortunate enough to have tried any of our beer brands, my job is to think about everything upstream that goes um, to create that beverage to get it to you. So it's starting with our farmers who are maintaining their barley crop. And I assess where that barley is coming from, whether it's being grown as sustainably as possible, uh, and if we're paying our growers enough for it, for example. And then I'm not only thinking about our raw materials like barley or flavors um, and what goes into our products, but also what our beverage goes into. So our cans, our bottles, our kegs, looking at, for example, how we optimize the amount of recycled material. So I've been here at AB InBev for the past year. And during that time, I've gotten to do so many things, lead global negotiations, uh, travel around the world and meet with our suppliers and discover sustainable ways to encourage both our upstream and downstream partners to use renewable materials and, and produce less waste. So my scope is wonderfully wide. It encapsulates traditional procurement and pricing policies, but also sustainability and transformation projects. And it's been a great opportunity to learn and, and work with people from all around the world. Oh, fantastic. And global supply chain on top of everybody's minds these days, thanks to the pandemic and making it all part of our, our regular uh, vernacular yeah. conversation these days and, and a truly global area procurement. Mm supply chain. Definitely. Yeah. Yes, How, we're, we're staying busy these days for sure. That's great. Well, good to hear. How did you end up working in Switzerland? Yeah. So uh, for me, it was definitely one of those moments where my planning fortunately overlapped with an opportunity. So I knew when I was studying at college that living and working internationally was something that I wanted to do as quickly as possible after graduation. So the summer before my last year of graduate school, I intentionally sought out internship programs for companies that had a global reach. And my thought process and what I had heard from my friends at the time was that it was easier to get sponsorship to work internationally from within a company rather than as a direct hire. So I interviewed for and luckily received the offer for the internship with AB InBev, which was out of St. the St. Louis office in Missouri. 
Uh, and during that summer program was not shy at all about expressing my interest to travel, to see other parts of the business uh, and making it clear that I was very mobile. So getting an international offer after the internship wasn't a given and I would have accepted a return offer within the US at the time because I just enjoyed the company so much. But I was really lucky to have had a great supportive team during the internship who ultimately matched my desire to live in Switzerland with a job opportunity here. That's wonderful. Great. So strategic about it, planning ahead, got with a great company and obviously a little bit of luck thrown in there most likely too. Great opportunity at the right yeah. time. Terrific. Mm-hmm. What's it like? What's it like to live in and work in Zurich? Oh, it's incredible. Switzerland is incredible. Everything here functions so well and on time. You know, half the time I can't tell if I'm in a Swiss city or in Disney World. It has like amazing healthcare, social, environmental quality high quality housing and infrastructure, um, incredible natural landscapes. I'm sure if you've seen the photos, the mountains, the lakes, it's just gorgeous. Uh, Of course, it's also one of the highest costs of living in the world. So you do have to be mindful of managing your costs here, but you can fully take advantage of the weekends and the time off, uh, everything it has to offer. I think unsurprisingly, because the country is so beautiful, people are are really active here. And in general, I'm, I'm never at a loss of finding fun things to do. Mm, that's great. That makes me think cost of living. Were you transferred um, as an employee from AB InBev in St. Louis or are you a local hire? How did that work for you? I am on a short-term international contract in Switzerland. So once my contract here um, is up, then I'm reassessing where else I might be moving. So whether it's back to the U.S. or somewhere else in the world um, or potentially even staying here in Switzerland, um, just kind of when when the opportunity arises, we'll We'll see. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, that sounds very exciting. Um, yes. Can you, yeah. Can you shed some light on, on how are things different um, in Switzerland than the U.S.? I mean, mm. things like business etiquette, cultural nuances, office culture, food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so AB InBev itself is not a Swiss company. So I'm sure my, my personal experience is going to be very different from someone working at like a Swiss bank, for example. But I can say that Switzerland is interesting because even for such a small country, there are three very distinct regions and different subcultures within the culture. So the Italian side is, in my opinion, very different from the German, which is very different also from the French. Um, Generally, though, I believe that Swiss people tend to be more polite and formal than Americans who like to keep things casual. So uh, for example, I I definitely had to upgrade my college wardrobe from jeans and t-shirts, even when just going to the grocery store because everyone in Switzerland dresses so well, at least in the big cities. And the country is also quite traditional in a lot of ways. So respecting hierarchy and and rules are definitely followed. So whereas in a U.S. city, you might find people jaywalking across the street or maybe even littering on the sidewalk, uh, the Swiss aren't as likely to do that and and really take care of public spaces. So um, in summary, it's, it's safe, it's clean, it's beautiful. And it's also a little bit expensive, but mm-hmm. it's worth it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And, and so um, commuting to work, do you take public transportation? Do you walk? Do you bike? How do you get there? I do. Yes, I take the train um, and it's super convenient. I live right next to the train station and my office is also um, just to pop over. So a lot of people rely on public transport here, which is um, really nice to get around. I haven't felt that I've needed a car at all. Mm-hmm. That's great. And of course, as you mentioned in the beginning, just the whole sustainability and environmentally friendly public transportation is exactly is the way to go. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, in large multinational companies like yours, there's a lot of dynamic tension that exists between 
and among mm. the different markets, right? Sometimes it's headquarters versus satellite offices. Sometimes it's um, diverse teams, you know, working mm. five, six, seven, eight different maybe countries or cultures all on one team trying to get get to a project. You know, have you experienced yeah. this? And if so, can you talk about it a little bit? Yeah, I love this question because it's it's definitely something I'm very cognizant of, uh, especially as I'm newly coming into the organization and, and through a global role. So I'm well aware that I don't have the full context and insight as my counterparts in, in the regional zones most of the time. So I think that's really the, the first thing is just coming in very humble, recognizing that we're all working together as one team and one organization. I think one thing that ABI does do really well is um, we take extra care to get that diverse input and really encourage collaboration between global and the zones. Um, so making sure that everyone's participating, that any new initiatives are, are transparent and clearly communicated. And then in a global role, wherever we can find opportunities to share best practices across the zones or, and regions, or if we have tools that might help solve, solve problems, um, then trying to communicate and relay that information as quickly as possible is super important. Mm -hmm. That's great. Great advice. Great, great perspective. Um, what other tips do you have for listeners thinking about moving to working in Switzerland or just pursuing an international job in, you know, generally speaking? Oh, yeah. Um, the, I think the best advice that, that I received before moving here was really to immerse yourself in the experience and the location and to make your new country, your new home. So taking language lessons, trying to meet locals, you know, volunteering, just doing things that maybe tourists don't necessarily do all the time. Um, and I found it interesting to try and learn what I can about the history and the geography because it provides context on um, culture, local holidays, and also makes you appreciate things as they are now. So for example, the apartment that I'm living in, um, I actually found out when I was when I was renting it for the first time, that it's older than the founding of the United States. So I think it's really cool to imagine the people who have lived there in it before myself and how their lives may have been similar or different to my own. It really connects me and makes me feel like I'm part of the Swiss history, even though I, I don't have relatives here. And then one other piece of advice is just to be mindful of wearing those rose-colored glasses and romanticizing the process and experience, uh, because it's definitely a big change to move to a new country. And there will be things and people that you'll miss about your previous home. Um, so just go in with an open mind to make sure you surround yourself with a support system that can help you if you ever do feel lost. Mm -hmm. Can you, um, can you give us an example of maybe some from your own experience, one of those situations? Um, yeah, I think sometimes I, I just miss like people from back home and, you know, want to make sure that I have them that I can call or set up a time and some of my friends will have like a recurring time set so that it's um, not so easy to lose touch and, and just make sure that we're updating one another on what it is that, that we're all doing and trying to visit one another as, as soon as possible. So nothing super dramatic that I've had to rely on a support system on, thankfully. And, and fortunately, the people that I surround myself locally with um, as well are, are so helpful and amazing. Um, but just making sure that I stay connected to the friends and the family that I have back home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Important. But I assume you have had to adapt from the way you worked um, mm. in St. Louis versus the way you work here. Can you talk about that? And personally, too, personally and professionally, how have you had to adapt some changes that you've, that you've seen and gone through? Yeah, great question. No, definitely. The, the biggest thing, right, is in being away from that friends and family, um, getting comfortable communicating over phone calls and FaceTime, sometimes at weird hours of the day. Um, but then the nice outcome of that is that I'm 
truly present and appreciative when I do see them again in, in person and, and have those moments. I think on the topic of weird hours, I've adapted my routine quite a bit. So my working hours are not, you know, the standard US nine to five, if that is a standard anymore, because um, I'm just juggling so many time zones around the globe. So sometimes I'll have a call at 7am with my team member in India, and then on the same day, a 9pm call with my supplier in the States. So it's finding time for myself in between those hours to recharge. And it's kind of funny, because in the US, I used to run all of my errands on Sundays, but here, the shops close really early <laughs> in the day, comparatively. Um, and they're not open at all on Sundays. So making sure I, I get my groceries and things on Saturday is key. Um, and speaking of groceries, my eating habits have definitely changed. So back when I was living in, in Virginia, where I grew up, I used to you know load up the car, drive to Costco, get my groceries for the next two weeks. And, and here, as I mentioned, like I have no car. I pick up everything I want for dinner the day of on my way home from work. And it's pretty much all local and in-season produce. So I don't just grab tropical fruit or berries in the middle of winter. I really change up my recipes based on the time of year. But of course, now also in a traditional Swiss manner, my diet consists mainly of cheese, chocolate, and beer anyway these days. So unfortunate. So fortunately, I'm set um, for those year round. You're you're just you're painting a great picture of actually living in Switzerland and living abroad. Um, and it is a lot more than just working. Um, what other things do you like to do for fun? Mm, yeah. The, this is the best part. So the amazing thing about Switzerland is that it's it's so close to everywhere else in Europe, right? It's really central. So just in the past six months, I've been to Budapest, London, Amsterdam, Brussels. Uh, just this past weekend, I actually got back from the start of Oktoberfest in Munich. So, so much fun. Travel is definitely what I do whenever I have time um, and trying to do take, take as much opportunity to do it while, I, while I'm still here. Um, and then when I do want to kind of stay local in Switzerland, there's so much in the area. And depending on the season, I love to, to hike, bike, ski, do water sports. You know, my team and I just went whitewater rafting in Interlaken a few weeks ago, which was so much fun. Um, so the weekends are, uh, are great here. Mm, that's wonderful. So, and to your point earlier made, uh, immerse yourself. So you're really immersing yourself in life in Switzerland, not necessarily dashing off every other weekend mm. to somewhere across Europe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like to have a mix of both, right? Um, and, and sometimes it's very easy to stay in Switzerland. Like I said, there's so much to do here too. So it's not that there's a need really to escape and go somewhere new and exciting because Switzerland has all of it if you're looking for it here. Um, and definitely just getting out of the apartment, I think is key and, and finding either things that are happening locally or in surrounding countries is, is the way to go. Mm. Do you have a hybrid work schedule? Like, do you work... Um... Yeah. So, so is it hybrid? Is it any time in the office? Is it all the time in the office? What's it like? I prefer being in the office in person. I, I do because I love interacting with the team. And so I try to come in as much as possible. Um, the company is great in terms of just being flexible, If, uh, especially because I live alone. If I have you know to pick up an Ikea shipment or anything like that, um, I do work from home every now and, and then. Um, but being here is kind of what I enjoy. That's great. You know, that's a that's a trend we're seeing around around the world. Um, I think that a lot of people actually mid career maybe seems um, mm. there's a lot of talk about the millennials all over want to actually work hybrid or mostly remote versus people like yourself and new new graduates entering the workforce really want to be in the office as much as possible for that connectivity and being with people and that's especially mm -hmm. important for you in a place where you're new to right so you really need to create those bonds. 
Exactly. I definitely see the benefit of both. I have some friends who um, kind of work remotely and travel around Europe. Actually, one of my friends just came to visit me this weekend. He's doing that exact thing. Uh, And I think that lifestyle is also super fascinating and interesting. Um, But to your point, yeah, establishing the connections, especially early on in my career, um, coming into a new country um, and imagining myself with this company for a long time too. having those in-person connections is, is really helpful. And I enjoy it a lot. Mm-hmm, that's great. So, so there's so much positive here. What do you like best about your job, your mm-hmm. international lifestyle now? Uh, good. I'm glad you're asking me all the positive. It's awesome. And <laughs> I, I can never quite sit still. So I love that, that being here is there's always something, um, challenging in a good way, something new to experience. So I'm constantly learning, I'm adapting to my surroundings, I'm getting out of my comfort zone and just watching myself push myself and evolve over time as a person. So I think the the experience as a whole just really helps build confidence. It affirms that you can manage things independently and do things that you didn't think you could do. So things like taking a solo trip to a new country or, or learning to speak a new language or negotiating with a supplier in China, for example, all of these things I never would have thought that I could manage until I got here and, and just did it. And ABI is such a high energy and interesting place to work. And especially being in the office with people who are from all around the world. I love hearing stories about everyone's different cultures and past experiences. So for me, having this role and being in this location is just about the best I could have imagined. And I'm, I'm really grateful for it. That's wonderful. But since you mentioned it, what are some of the <laughs> things that you don't like as much or some of the challenges? Because it's not, it can't all be perfect every day. Of course. No, exactly. And I think um, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but sometimes, you know, you just have to be very comfortable with the idea that you are, um, you're, you're going to, there's going to be some things back home that you don't have. So like Trader Joe's, for some reason, I'm like, this is not a paid ad or sponsorship, but I do miss my Trader Joe's grocery store. Um, and so small things like that. And again, nothing drastic, but just the daily habits that I had formed for living you know, 22 years in the same country uh, that you, you know, start to miss a little bit over time. But then when I do get home to visit, um, around the holidays or whenever it is, I uh, get to re-experience all of my favorite things from back uh, in the U.S. all over again. So, great, that's great. So this has been a terrific, very positive, uplifting, uplifting mm-hmm. conversation about your job, and and I and I imagine for listeners, it's extremely heartening inspiring and motivating to hear um, that it can be done the way you've done it. So so thanks for that. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, no, no it's it's been a, a positive conversation. The experience has been positive. So uh, it's good that it's reflective of that. I think overall, you know, I would encourage anyone listening who's thinking about moving and working internationally to take a leap of faith and do it. You're pretty much guaranteed to learn something new about yourself and the people around you. And I know when I look back on my experience, even, even as I'm currently going through it, right, it's already been one that has changed the trajectory of, of my life and has really shaped a big part of who I am. So go for it. Talk to people. I think learn as much as you can going into it and take advantage of the resources that your school or your work has to offer and, and do your research. And don't be shy about connecting with people who have had similar experiences and, and asking them for help. Um, so no matter what the outcome will will be, I think it's an experience that I really don't think you will regret. That's wonderful. Th- well, thank you, Michelle. And best of continued luck to you in your career. And I uh, look forward to seeing all the amazing things that uh, that you do in the next decade or two. 
Thanks for the Thanks conversation. Thanks so much, Stacey. It was fun chatting with you. Take care. You have been listening to the GW Cyber Global Careers Podcast. Join us again next time. And in the meantime, go global.